0: Good morning church. It's good to be with you again this morning. I invite you to take your Bibles. Go ahead and turn to Joshua chapter 24. Uh, that's where we're going to be this morning in Joshua chapter 24. I again, want to welcome you if you're a guest visiting today. If this is your first week, you're in week 2 of a series that we are in entitled Home Sweet Home. Now we're talking about the family. And this is a message, a sermon series that is on the family. And we began this series last week by looking at the first part of Joshua chapter 24. If you're using a pew Bible, it's page 198. I just want to recap briefly here what we talked about last week at the beginning of this great chapter, great challenge that Joshua would give to the nation of Israel. In Joshua 24... Verses 14 and 15, Joshua is speaking and he says, Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods that your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve. The Lord. Last week, the challenge that Joshua laid out to the people was choose this day whom you will serve. And the commitment was as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We gave a challenge at the end of the service last week at the conclusion that if you felt God was stirring in your own heart and for your own home, your own household to make that commitment, we invited you down here and and we have these commitment sheets that are still down here this week and uh, over, I believe it was over 90 of you made a commitment last week that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, which was fantastic. We praise God for that. Just as a side note, a housekeeping item, if you were here last week, we also invited you to take one of these commitment cards. It says, Home Sweet Home on the front and the back says, my commitment. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There's a spot for your signature and a date there that you can take this as a reminder. Housekeeping item. There was a printing error on that card. And so if you did receive one of these last week and you want the updated card, Grab one today, because there was a printing error. If you don't know what the printing error is, don't even look at it. Don't even look at it. Just throw it away and take a new card. Uh, It was a a verse reference printing error. And so if you need to get one of these today to replace that, please do that. But many of you did that. You came forward and you made a commitment to serve the Lord, which was fantastic. And I will tell you, as a pastor preaching, you love to see that. I love to see that God is taking His word and He's stirring within our hearts to be obedient to Him. What an incredible thing. But as I was wrapping up the message last week and giving this invitation for commitment to the Lord, and there was an overwhelming sense, and I hope you, you sense this as well from our congregation, that yes, we will serve the Lord, which is great. Praise God. But I knew it was coming this week. And, and it dawned on me as I was making that challenge and as people were responding and as there was an overwhelming agreement on the part of the body of Christ who we will serve the Lord, it dawned on me that, that the response that we gave last week, and I hope it was sincere, is the same response the people, the nation of Israel would give to Joshua when Joshua would give this challenge to them. But then Joshua would hit the pause button and challenge the people that were wanting to make that commitment. And that's where we find ourselves this morning. is in the verses that follow verses fourteen, And 15. As we look at verses 16 to 28, we're going to jump back to verse 14 again. But Joshua is going to come to the people, the nation of Israel, in their response of saying, We will serve the Lord. And Joshua, in not these exact words, but he's going to come to the people of Israel and he's going to say, Okay, if you want to serve the Lord, it's time to clean house. It's time to clean house. Cleaning house is necessary. I wonder what you think of when you think of cleaning house. Now, there are actually people who like to clean their house. Uh, They exist, and uh, and I know it doesn't exist for kids when they're young or uh, when they get a little bit older in teenage years. They don't want to clean, and uh, then when they get into like that young adult period, and you're in college, you're like, "What is cleaning?" When you're in college, and eventually though, when you have a home and you're responsible for it, you want a clean house. And so, there's a lot of definitions for cleaning house. It could be to tidy up. It could be to refresh. It could be to put away the things that are out, all kinds of things. But I I kind of have a mind that a lot of times goes to the sports world. And so uh, when I think of cleaning house, I think of something a little bit different. There's a definition for cleaning house that is to get rid, uh, to rid a group or organization of the people or policies that are deemed to be troublesome or lacking. Cleaning house, an organization or team. Is considered to be cleaning house when they completely have to redo everything or the current group, people, or policies are deemed troublesome or lacking. So, just for fun, I Googled Cleveland Browns cleaning house. <laughs> I didn't have the heart to do that with the Bills, okay? So, I did it with the Browns. Just wanna read you some headlines. <laughs> The Browns will absolutely clean house and fire head coach Freddie Kitchens, December 2019. Browns should look to Buffalo, I love this one, for answers after latest house cleaning, January 2020. Is it time for the Browns to clean house on their coaching staff, October 2022? Browns cleaning house, question mark, November 2022. Browns are close to cleaning house because of Deshaun Watson, January of this year. It's time for the Browns to put it together or else they're going to clean house, June of 2023. And this one's all the way back from 2011, Bleacher Report. Since cleaning house in the front office in recent years and adopting a blow-the-whole-thing-up-and-start-over philosophy, the Browns have begun to amass a solid group of youngsters who just might have the talent to turn into a bona fide playoff-caliber team. That was fun for me to do that. As a non-Browns fan. When we think of cleaning house, we think of a complete redo. We think of doing what's necessary so that we're no longer getting the previous results that we've been getting. How much more so is that important in our walk with Christ, spiritually, to take inventory and when necessary, necessary clean house? That's what Joshua calling on the people of Israel to do. I want to look again at the passage before us in Joshua chapter 24. I want to read verses 14 and 15 just to set the context again as we then read through verse 28. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Verse 16, then the people answered, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is the Lord our God who brought us and our fathers up from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery and who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the peoples through whom we passed. People say, listen, far be it from us that we won't serve the Lord. He's the one that has brought us up out of Egypt. He's the one that has done the great and amazing things. And the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore, we also will serve the Lord for he is our God. It's the response of the people. Verse 19, but Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after having done you good. And the people said to Joshua, no, but we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said to the people, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. He said, then put away the foreign gods that are among you. And incline your heart to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, The Lord our God we will serve, and his voice we will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and put in place statutes and rules for them at Shechem. And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God. And he took a large stone and set it up there under the terebinth that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said to all the people, Behold, This stone shall be a witness against us, for it has heard all the words of the Lord that he spoke to us. Therefore, it shall be a witness against you, lest you deal falsely with your God. So Joshua sent the people away, every man to his inheritance. Joshua challenges the people, choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The people respond to Joshua. Here's the response of the people. We also will serve the Lord. Joshua has just recounted in the first half of chapter 24. If you weren't here last week, read verses 1 through 14. Read those those verses. Joshua reminds the people of who their God is, who the Lord is, and what the Lord has done. He wants them to remember and to recall in their minds that all that they have was from the hand of God. The deliverance out of Egypt, the deliverance out of the hands of various nations, the driving out inhabitants that were in the land were all at the hand of God. The victories that they experienced, all that they had by way of the provisions that were theirs was because of the Lord. Joshua wants to remind them of these things. And so when he says, choose this day who it is you will serve, we will serve the Lord. Joshua says, me and my house, the people will respond and say, far be it from us. How could we not serve the Lord? And, and wouldn't that be logical? Wouldn't that be logical? To think of who God is and what God has done. Isn't it logical for we as the people of God to say, how could we not serve the Lord. And yet when we examine our own lives, our own priorities, our own minds and actions and hearts, is it true that we would say the priority for ourselves and for our house is that we truly will serve the Lord? This is the response of the people. We'll serve the Lord, far be it from us that we wouldn't. How could we not? Look at who God is, They will recount to Joshua in agreement. If you look at the passage, the people, verse 16, answered, Far be it that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. But listen, they are making that statement while guess what they're doing at the same time? They're serving other gods. Joshua, we will serve the Lord, far be it that we would ever serve other gods. Honey, hide the idols. Because they're in their camp. They recount to Joshua, it's the Lord, verse 17, our God who brought us and our fathers up from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. It's the Lord who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the peoples through whom we passed. It's the Lord that drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore, we also will serve the Lord for he is our God. This could be a motivational speech that the people were giving to the people of Israel if it was out of its context and just isolated. This is a marching order commitment that the people of God are responding with. They're recounting what God has done. We will serve the Lord. It's a no-brainer here for them. But the response that Joshua gives in verses 19 and 20 is you're not able to serve the Lord. Look at what he says. But Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord. Why? For he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and do you harm and consume you after having done you good. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But the response of the people is an immediate amen. We will serve the Lord. The response of Joshua is no, you won't. You can't because God is holy. God is set apart from sin and that which is evil. And while you are saying you are committed to serving the Lord and only the Lord your camp, your life is filled with all kinds of things that would say there's no way that that's true. Have you ever committed yourself to eating healthier than you've previously been? You make a list, you go to the store, and everything in your cart looks green. And if you're going to the same store you normally go to, this might be a cycle. And the people might even know. Uh oh, it's it's eating healthy time again. And you almost like feel prideful as you're in your cart because you want people to see. Like, yeah, I got lettuce. I got you know good stuff. Yogurt. Like you have all this good stuff, and you're and you're bringing everything into your cart that is good and that is healthy. Um, I bought for the first time in my life, uh, maybe two weeks ago, these mini cucumbers. Because I thought, all right, like hardly any calories in there, mostly water, and it's green, and I'll eat these cucumbers because I'm going to eat healthy. Two weeks ago, I have not touched that package of cucumbers. (laughs) I am trying to be healthier. I'm not mocking health. It's important. I'm just saying I bought cucumbers with great intention to eat them, and I'm not even a big cucumber guy, but because they're healthy, I bought them. Haven't touched it. Here's the struggle, isn't it, when you try to eat healthy and you put all healthy things in your cart. You have all these bags of healthy things in your cart. And when you go home and put them away, there's still all of the junk in the cabinets. And so there's this great intention, isn't there? And we even know that it's going to produce what we want it to produce if we follow through with it. But how in the world am I going to choose to eat a cucumber when i got a Hostess cupcake in my cabinet? (laughs) Let Let me cycle this back to what I'm talking about here. The people of God say, we will serve the Lord. The nation of Israel says, we will serve the Lord. We're committed to that. How could we not? That is what is best. And Joshua says, you can't. Because you have all of this junk in your life. Do you see what they're doing here? Joshua will remind them of the Mosaic Covenant. The Mosaic Covenant in the Old Testament was a conditional covenant that God made with Moses and the people of Israel. It says they came out of Egypt on Mount Sinai. And Joshua reminds them of the Mosaic Covenant, a conditional covenant here. The nation of Israel was being led out of Egypt in Exodus chapter 19. While Moses went up to God, the Lord called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and to tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation." These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. So Moses came and called the elders of the people and set before them all these words the Lord God had commanded them. And all the people answered together and said, all that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. There's this... Covenant, this conditional covenant that, that God is going to make with the nation of Israel. And He's going to tell the nation of Israel that if you will obey me, if you will obey my voice and keep my covenant, you will be blessed. Later on in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, I'm sorry, verses 1 through 19, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 19. God is going to lay out this standard of obedience that is going to bring blessing and that disobedience will bring cursing from the Lord. Again, a conditional covenant that if you will obey my voice, I will bless you. If you disobey, you will be cursed. Listen to these words in Deuteronomy chapter 28. I feel they're very important for us to hear. That's why I'm going to read this passage. It's lengthy. But listen to what God promises with the nation of Israel. This is the backdrop to what Joshua is telling the nation of Israel here in Joshua chapter 24. He says, if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground and the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your herds and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall be you when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. Who doesn't want that? The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before you. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your barns and in all that you undertake. He will bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a people holy to himself as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. And all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity in the fruit of your womb and in the fruit of your livestock and in the fruit of your ground within the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasury, the heavens to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you shall go up and not down if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, being careful to do them. This is the backdrop. That Joshua is giving his challenge to the people, to the nation of Israel. And he says, listen, you can't serve the Lord. He's holy. He is a jealous God. And when you disobey and you serve and worship other gods, he will not forgive your iniquity. But you will be cursed. And the blessing that should be there because of obedience will be gone. Think of all the blessing that's here. And the people of, of Israel, when they hear Joshua's challenge, they're like, absolutely, we're going to serve the Lord. Why wouldn't we? Far be it from us to not serve the Lord. Think of all the blessing that God had promised. But he goes on, if you do not turn aside from any of the words that I command you today, to so the right hand or to the left, or to go after the gods to serve them, all these things will take place. But Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 15, if you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God, or be careful to do all his commandments and his statutes that I command you today, then all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. Listen to this. Cursed shall, be, shall you be in the city, and cursed shall you be in the field. Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground, the increase of your herds and the young of your flock. Cursed shall you be when you come in, and cursed shall you be when you go out. This is the conditional covenant, the Mosaic covenant, that obedience will bring blessing on the nation of Israel and disobedience will bring cursing. And Joshua says it to the people, you're not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He's a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve God's foreign gods, he will turn and do you harm and consume you after having done you good. This is what Joshua tells them. And listen, church, I'm thankful and I hope you're thankful today that the way in which God deals with us, our sin and forgiveness and blessing is not the same way today. That there's forgiveness through Christ. That there is unconditional Love that we receive from our God based upon the finished work of Christ, that we have a covenant with God, a new covenant with God that is in our hearts, written on our hearts, that he is our God. We are his church, the bride of Christ. And if we are in Christ, we will always be in Christ. That will not be taken away from us. Our sins are forgiven through Jesus Christ. But how foolish for you and I as believers in Christ to know all that God has done and all that God has promised. And the blessing that is ours as we follow him and serve him. The joy, the hope, the peace, the contentment that is ours as we serve God. And yet knowing that just as the nation of Israel knew that for us to stand back and choose to serve something or someone other than our God. The people say to Joshua, We'll serve the Lord. Look at how can we not? Joshua says, No, you won't. You're not able to because you're serving other gods, idols. You're not serving the Lord. He's a holy God and you are not. And Joshua reminds them of this. So after Joshua reminds them of this, he tells them this. The response of the people, verse 21, the people said to Joshua, No. But we will serve the Lord. They they hear this. They hear this and they respond with the same response as before. But I would like to think in their response here, maybe there was more sincerity. And more, let's count the cost. There would be those that would be committing truthfully here. No, but we will serve the Lord. And the response of Joshua to that. I'm paraphrasing and putting my own words to this, is clean your house. Look at what he says. All the people said to Joshua, verse 21, no, but we will serve the Lord. Verse 22, then Joshua said to the people, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. He said, then put away the foreign gods that are among you and incline your heart to the Lord, the God of Israel. Joshua's response In so many words, clean your house. How? First, he says, put away the foreign gods that are among you. Get rid of the idols that you are serving. That, That put away there of the gods, the idols that are here, when Joshua says put away the foreign gods, that put away means to reject. It means to abolish, to depart from. Joshua's telling the nation of Israel that says, we will serve the Lord. If you're going to serve the Lord then you need to reject, abolish, put away, drive out from among you the foreign gods that you have been serving, the foreign gods that are among you. Serve and worship the only true living God. In Exodus chapter 20, Moses receiving the 10 commandments, it says, God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, He says, you shall have no other gods before me. He then says, you shall not make for yourself the carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Same word choice that that Joshua uses as he reminds the nation of Israel of who their God is. You should not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Put away the foreign gods that are among you. Get rid of the idols that you're serving. Reject, abolish, depart from them. Serve and worship the only true God. And then he says here, as he goes on, and incline your heart to the Lord, the God of Israel. Incline your heart to the Lord, the God of Israel. To incline their heart means to offer their heart, to yield their heart to, to bend down to, to stretch out their heart to the Lord. God wants their heart. He wants their very lives. This is what David prayed in the Psalm, Psalm 119. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. David says, help me to serve you and observe your law with my whole heart. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. This is what Joshua is demanding of the people. He's calling to the people, get rid of the foreign gods and idols that are among you and incline your heart to the Lord. Yield yourself to him. Stretch open your heart to the Lord serve him only have no other gods but the lord and serve him incline your heart to him allow him to be your priority and your life this is what he's calling on the nation of israel now again the nation of israel had this conditional covenant with moses the mosaic covenant they knew that obedience would bring blessing and disobedience would bring cursing As believers in Jesus Christ today, we know that if Christ Jesus is our Savior, we belong to Him. And no one can take us out of the Lord's hand. We are His, we are eternally secure. His mercies are new every morning. His faithfulness is great. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have life in His name. We've been made alive. We have the Spirit of God within us. We are God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, this is what God has prepared in advance for us to do. And so we understand as believers today that praise God through Jesus Christ, if we sin today, there's forgiveness for us today in Jesus. But I do think it's relevant, timely in the world in which we live for the body of Christ to examine our own houses, our own homes, our own lives And to ask the question that was asked last week, who is it that we truly are serving, both we and our house? And if our response is we will serve the Lord, I want to ask you to do the hard work today of examining if there is cleaning of your own house that needs to be done. Is there sin that is prevalent in our lives? Are there idols that we are serving Are we inclining our heart to the Lord or to other things? How do we clean our own house today? Same way. First, get rid of the idols that we're serving. Get rid of the idols that we are serving. Remember earlier on that great shopping spree of all healthy things. If you want to have effectiveness in that, probably before going to the store and buying all the healthy stuff, you need to throw out and get rid of all the stuff that's going to serve as a temptation when you come back home. Because I've done it before. Go to the store, you pack it all up and you come in and you'll be like, I'm going to start it tomorrow. I'm going to finish everything in this house tonight <laughs> <laughs> and start it tomorrow. <laughs> we need to get rid of the idols that we are serving in our own lives. What are the idols that we are serving? Can you ask me that question? What are the idols we're serving? What are the idols... That we're serving. Glad you asked. <laughs> I have a list. It's not an exhaustive list, but it's a list of things that we serve so often in our lives, myself included. Money, material things, pride, success. Popularity, physical lusts, sinful sexual desires, praise from men, acceptance in the eyes of the world. These are all sinful things when we place them as a priority over the Lord. Chances are in this congregation, every single one of these things hits someone, and I would expect many of them hit many of us. Isn't it time that we take inventory of these things? And isn't it time that we remove those things that we are placing as a priority over the Lord and his work? Take them off the top shelf because they don't belong there. The Lord belongs there. When it comes to these issues of money, material things, pride, success, popularity... We can be guilty. We can be guilty of allowing our hearts and minds to be consumed with the things of the world. This hits the home, dads, when we prioritize our business or work above the health of our families. This hits home when we care more about making money than we do making much of the name of Christ. This hits home at your places of employment or work where the way to get ahead is doing the things that you know would be questionable in God's sight. This plays into it when we have the choice of taking extra shifts just because we want more or coming to worship the Lord when the Lord should be worshipped. This hits home when we prioritize people or things in our places of business and work than we do the spiritual well-being of our children or our spouse. Why? Because of the love of money because of the want for more things, because of sinful pride, arrogance, because of the desire for success in the eyes of the world and the desire for popularity. This is why people, in particular, younger generation, post so many things on their Instagrams or on their social media accounts. They want to be seen in a particular light. And typically, the light that they're trying to portray is not the light of the gospel, but something else. It's why in our social media accounts, which of every age is on there, we very rarely will post things about the Lord Jesus Christ, but be very quick to post the things that we buy or that we consume or that we think would give us popularity in the sight of others. Material things, popularity, always wanting to get ahead. Isn't that the opposite of what God's word calls us to? And yet we're all guilty, myself included. Physical lusts, things that we want that we know God forbids, sinful sexual desires, not only in relationships that are outside of marriage with others, but even in marriages where there is adultery taking place, committing sinful sexual acts with other individuals that God strictly forbids, and yet we place that as the priority for our lives, men and women. Husbands and wives, youth, teenagers, children, young adults, pornography. For the longest time, it was men quit looking at pornography, men and women. Children, young adults, teenagers, pornography has overtaken so many. And it's placed as a priority in our lives over our families, over our spouse, over our children, over our relationships, over our walk with Christ. And it's time that we clean that out. All of these things that we serve, the praises of men. How often do we keep silent about our relationship with Jesus Christ because we care more about the praise of men than the praise of God? How often do we have opportunity to tell people about our relationship with Jesus? And when that opportunity comes, our immediate reaction is one of shame and retreat because we care more about what that person thinks of me than whether or not they truly know Christ. These are sin issues. These are obedience issues. Acceptance in the eyes of the world. As a believer in Jesus Christ, if you or I are driven more by the acceptance of man than we are by the acceptance in the sight of our God, of our actions and words, that is a serious problem. And it needs to change. These are all idols that we so often serve in our lives. And folks, before we can ever truly stand and say to our church, to our children, to our spouse, to a watching world and to the Lord himself, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We need to get rid of these idols that we're serving. And I don't know what else could be on this list, it's endless, but we need to confess and repent, turn from these things to serve the Lord. Have you done that? Will you do that? You're going to have opportunity this morning. Secondly, we clean our house the same way by inclining our heart to the Lord. In verse 24, the people said to Joshua, the Lord our God, we will serve in his voice, we will obey. Their understanding of what Joshua was challenging them to was that they will serve the Lord And they will obey his voice. We, as people of God, should incline our hearts to the Lord daily. The way the people understood this was God would be their first priority. His voice would be their first priority. His commands would be their first priority. Obedience to him would be their first priority. Is your heart, my heart, our hearts inclined to the Lord our God? Jesus reiterated this in Matthew 22 when he was asked, what's the great commandment? he said, the greatest commandment is this, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. The second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Listen, we have a much easier time jumping to the second commandment sometimes than the first because there is a a message of love that is circulating in our world today on the part of Christians to love all people and to do good to all people and Christ commanded us to do that, amen. But let us not jump over the first commandment, the greatest commandment, which is to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, to love the Lord our God with all of our soul and with all of our mind. You can't obey the second truthfully without first obeying the first. You can't truthfully obey the second without first prioritizing the first. But if we're obeying the first, we'll be keeping God's word and prioritizing the Lord as our God. So I say to you today as a church, as individuals, as brothers and sisters in Christ, put away the idols in sin that hinders us and incline your heart to the Lord, your God, and serve him and serve him alone. Then can we truthfully say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As Joshua concludes his challenge to the people, the people said to Joshua, verse 24, the Lord our God we will serve, his voice we will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and put in place statutes and rules for them at Shechem. Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God and he took a large stone and set it up there under the terebinth that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said to all the people, behold, this stone shall be a witness against us for it has heard all the words of the Lord that he spoke to us. Therefore, it shall be a witness against you lest you deal falsely with your God. So Joshua sent the people away, every man to his inheritance. There was a commitment that was made, and Joshua set up a large stone as a reminder for the people that they would not forget that they are agreeing to this. This is their testimony. This is their agreement. We will serve the Lord, but only after this agreement of removing the idols and inclining their heart to the Lord. The challenge today is that we too would clean our own house. And if there's sin that God has convicted in your life, if there are priorities that you recognize have not been where they should be, if there's anyone or anything that has hindered or been put in a position above the Lord, it's time to tear down those idols and remove those sins.